also uh, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past, in my opinion, about the way that some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated um, and just the fact that we didn't retain uh, a number of uh, players that I felt like were core players to our foundation, our locker room, high-character guys. I'm talking about Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, James Jones, um, John Kuhn, Brett Good, TJ Lang, Brian Balaga, Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, guys who were you know, exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high-character guys, many of them who weren't offered a contract at all or were extremely low-balled, or were, you know, maybe in my opinion, not uh, given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserved. Um, and then it kind of... Did he say fucking Brett Good? What the fuck? Brett fucking Good? That motherfucker wasn't good at all. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy. This is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13. And over on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy. How is everybody doing today? If you're a Bears fan, such a sad, sad, sad week. You had you had the conference in your hands. You had the conference in your hands. And then Aaron Rodgers decided he would work for the evil empire again. Oh, those poor intrepid Bears fans. Oh. <laughs> we should have a moment of silence. But we're not because fuck you. Fuck All of you. Green Bay is going for the Super Bowl again. Yes, it is true. Mr. Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay with his man bun and everything. Avocado toast. Oh, it took me a couple of days to settle down. um, From my both my excitement and just amazement at how stupid of a fucking situation this all is. I don't know if I can tell you if I, what feelings I have, you know what I, I can, I can, I can tell you exactly how I feel about this. Hold on one second. Okay. So courtesy of my serious XM app, I did call into a show on Monday and I put my two cents. Okay. This is with Jeff. Mans on the Elite Fantasy Show. It's very plain and simple. Rodgers didn't win anything. He 
didn't get what he wanted. He wanted to leave now. He didn't get to leave now. It's a year, two years later that he could have left in anyway. They could have cut him. It didn't matter. So I'm just confused on that. Let's go out, though. We want to get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, Let's go out. My dude, Dennis Roy, he is there. He's still uh, hungover from the Milwaukee Bucks winning, but he's been. I know he wants to uh, beat his chest a little bit. What's up, Dennis Roy? Uh, what's up, Jefferson? How are you? <laughs> man, it's everything's coming up roses in Milwaukee these days. You guys got it going on, brother. I gotta, I gotta start thinking about moving back. <sighs> man, you're more than welcome in the Wisco Disco, my friend. You are more than welcome. Even though you're from Illinois, we will take. You I up lived here. in McHenry County for years, though, so I was way up there. I was right on the border. I used to go over it all the time. So <laughs> there we go. Um, that is all right. So take it away, my friend. I mean, you've been pretty confident all along, if I'm not mistaken, about Rogers coming back. Here, here's my question for you, and then we'll give your comment. Did Rogers win? Did he win, or did the organization win? In what's happening right now? No, the organization absolutely won in this whole thing. You're absolutely correct in what you've been saying on it. it, it anybody that thinks that Rodgers won in this, I mean, if, if he was winning, he would have actually been sitting out of training camp. He would have at least missed a preseason game, and that would have showed more of a forcing of the hand of the Packers. This whole thing, this whole thing is just, it's a, it's a, let me not swear, uh, it's a, it's, like, it's just a sideshow, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the whole thing ever since the draft, it was with Schefter uh, and other outlets saying, you know, that there was drama behind the scenes between him and the front office. There's been drama with him in the front office for the last couple of years. So it should have never been a surprise when that report came out. And then it, I said I said on draft night, we did a live stream with a couple of buddies of mine. They were kind of worried. And I said, look, he's going to be there. Just let it all just kind of play out and get it into training camp, and you're going to see everything's going to be just fine. And what happened? It's just fine. Yeah, I mean that's what happens. I mean exactly. It's you've never wavered. A lot of Packers fans have never wavered from that. But the 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 idea that Aaron Rodgers got what he wanted is just, I, I, I don't know where this, con- this is just fanboyism, in my opinion. Am I wrong, Dennis? Because you're just saying Rodgers going to win because he's a great player. He doesn't, you don't get to just say a great player wins when they're obviously wrong. I was wrong that they shouldn't have drafted Jordan Love. I, I didn't like that move. I thought it was a bad move. I still think it was a bad move. But the way Rodgers reacted only secured the fact that that was a brilliant move by the organization. Having a backup plan now, when he threatened to hold out or sit out and retire or whatever, it just enforced that they did it. It was a smart move. Having a guy learn behind an MVP of the league and a 13-win season go to NFC Championship, it turned out it was the move to make, evidently. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you get away with that Jordan Love slander there. Because, you know, I love Jordan Love. I, I like love him, too. Him. I like but, him. But I, but, I mean, if you can have Rodgers for a couple of more years and let him sit behind him, it's the perfect situation for him. You know, it, whether or not he becomes, you know, this next great, you know, Packers quarterback, that's always going to remain to be seen. But, look, I'm happy. 
it's done. It, well, as soon as he signs it, of course, it's done. I'm happy, and it is what it is. Let's, let's, let's move on to the season. Let's move on to the season so you can whoop up on my bears. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just like you whooped up on my sons, Dennis. You're, you're, you're the winner, man. You're, you've been beat me the last couple of years. I got to exact revenge somewhere. Oh, White Sox got one win. And, you, yeah, and the damn Brewers beat my White Sox two out of three this week. This whole thing sucks. Dennis, right, get off my phone lines. How dare you? Pisses me off. All right, brother. Hey, thanks for calling, Dennis. Appreciate the phone call. Mitch in Indiana's got to keep question. <laughs> so that's... That's how that one went. So that's kind of my feelings on it. Like Aaron Rodgers didn't win anything, um, you know, between him and the organization. If if he would have won, he would have retired, would have gotten traded, right? Because <clears throat> there, there was no way that Guten Kuntz uh, was going to get fired. There's just no fucking way. You don't fire your fucking GM because of a player. Sorry. Sorry. It's just not fucking happening. No matter if you like the GM or not. And this even goes back to the day when we were talking about Brett Favre, right? Would you have expected Ted Thompson to fucking get fired at that point? No. 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 The organization is always going to, at least in the Packers, the Packers organization is always going to stick together. It just is what it is. It's how it works. Now, is it true that he can force his way out? Or, you know, the amnimitable. Fucking A, I'm never going to get that word out. Is it true that he can get out next year? Yes. But it was the same as what was in his contract before. They have an opportunity to trade him. They could just be dicks and just be like, you remember what you fucking did last year, motherfucker? Yeah. Let's 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 play the dance again. Of course, you probably wouldn't want to do that because you'd piss off a lot of the other players, any potential free agents that could come into town. So I doubt it's going to happen. I would expect this to probably be the last season of Aaron Rodgers, and then we move on to the Jordan Love experiment, which I've told you I am very high on Jordan Love. I've watched a lot of Jordan Love. A lot of Jordan Love before he ever got into the NFL. So, if he was truly having a pretty good offseason, if he looked good, it doesn't surprise me. He's a good kid, willing to learn, willing to work to get better. You can't really get that at Utah State. So, it is what it is. Let's move on to the season, and you know what that means. It's time for the Green Bay Packers strength of schedule. Again, how do we look at strength of schedule? Well, we don't look at strength of schedule based on opponents' records from last season. That is the shithole way to do it. That's the way some of these players on Twitter with their content providers like to play the game. We do look at it, but then we also have the chart, which compares it based on individual uh, parameters for DVOA. The tried-and-true best way to look at uh, defense versus positions, and that is based on total defense versus rush versus pass versus wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver plus, tight end, and running back in the passing game. And yes, I will try to remember to put versus the rush and versus running back in the passing game 
right next to each other. So we are going to go through the Green Bay Packers now. I have spent 12 minutes wasting time. Uh, so we need to get into this right away. So we will look at the strength of schedule based on opponent's record. If you are looking at the strength of schedule based on the opponent's record, they have the fourth hardest schedule on the board for the full season. By first and second half is 22nd and second. And by quarters, remember, fourth quarter consists of five games, not four. Ninth, 24th, first, and 13th. So it's pretty daunting when you look at it that way. Um, but like I said, we will go through this here by quarters. And we're going to look at the individual categories. But we got to give you the opponents first. So weeks one through four, uh, they have the bye week in week 13. So weeks one through four will be our first quarter here at Saints versus Lions at 49ers versus Steelers. We look at the total defense DVOA. Second, 32nd, 16th, and 1st. We've talked about the Saints. The secondary, very, very weak. And they've just lost an interior pass rusher. Uh, and David Onyemeta, if I pronounced that correctly. I hope I did. But um, they lost him to a suspension. I believe it's six games. So, Or even if it's just the four anyways. They'll ha have him out for the first week. So very weak. Uh, getting a lot weaker in total defense. Lions at 32. Yeah, it's going to continue to be somewhere in there. Very At the very best, they're going to be about 30th. 49ers at 16th. I think that's, I think I've talked about this about right, but there's questions with the secondary in there, so I will leave it at 16. Steelers at 1. Uh, they will regress. I know a lot of people don't like the word regression, but they are going to regress. Uh, they got very weak in their secondary. Very, very weak. They'll have a pretty decent rush defense, but that uh, pass in the secondary, uh, sorry, pass defense is going to be a lot weaker this season. So that is definitely going to drag back. They should still be in the top 10, but I would put them closer to 10 than I would ever put them closer to 1. Rush defense. Second, 27th, 7th, and 5th. Second for the Saints was probably pretty accurate. Again, Animeta getting uh, uh, suspended f uh, for PEDs. So that's going to... That's gonna, that's going to deter a little bit. That's going to be closer to 10 right out the gate. Um, I wouldn't see it falling that much worse, but Aaron Jones should actually have a reasonable amount of success against them. Lions, 27th, they're going to be horseshit. 7th for the 49ers, it's about right. I don't see them falling outside of the top 10. Steelers, 5th, that's kind of where their strength is, is still in their rush defense. So 5th, I'm going to leave it as there uh, versus running back in the passing game. So this is going to affect Aaron Jones ninth, 32nd, 28th and 14th. So ninth versus the saints. Uh, they'll lose a little bit. Um, their safeties are okay. Their safeties are okay. It's their corners that really, that really worry me. Uh, Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins back there. Uh, should be able to keep that about ninth. Should be able to keep that about ninth. Um, so that's probably pretty accurate. 32 for the Lions, yeah. That's not even, 49ers will get better than their 28th ranked uh, defensive ranking here. Um, 
should get into about somewhere between 15 and 20. So it'll be a little bit of a challenge, but it's nothing that Aaron Jones hasn't done before against them. Uh, 14th versus the Steelers. There is a weak point. Talked about it. One of the outside linebackers. Um, and I can give you that guy's name because we need to just keep pounding it in our heads, uh, especially for DFS that that's a weak spot. Uh, Cassius Marsh, the weak side uh, uh, outside linebacker, that is the guy to attack. So that should be good there. Uh, pass defense, third, 32nd, 20th, and first. Talking about it with the Saints. It's going to fall back. It's going to fall back. It's We're talking this could go back somewhere between 10 and 15. Um, that's a pretty steep drop for them. 32nd versus the Lions. Yep. Yep. Uh, 20th for the 49ers. Uh, it's about 15 to 20 somewhere in there. That's going to be where their uh, that's where their pass defense is going to be. Their secondary. I, I like their I like their safeties, but the corners outside of Verrett, who miraculously came back and had that wonderful year. I'm wondering if he was just another one one year wonder. Now signing another contract with them, so we'll see there. There's no Richard Sherman. Um, because he's in breaking into in-laws' houses uh, up in Seattle. Uh, one for the Steelers. Talked about that. That's that's the weakness is their pass defense. That's going to slip back so at least somewhere back in fifteen twenty, just like the Forty ers Um, somewhere in there. So that will be a good spot to attack with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, pretty decent uh, first four games right in here. Wide receiver one, so this is, of course, going to be Devontae Adams. Uh, 11th, 30th, 21st, and 24th. That 11th is going to drop back. Um, I think Lattimore's days are as kind of a top-end guy. I won't say elite. I do like Marshawn. I do like Marshawn Lattimore, but he is uh, he's breaking down. So that 11th, that's going to that's gonna really sink back. That's going to probably be somewhere about 18-20. 30th versus the Lions, good to go there. 21st versus the 49ers. He can beat Verrett. That's who he's going to play. And this 21st is not against Verrett. The Verrett number would be against the wide receiver, too, in this case. But being the top corner for the 49ers, that 21, that's going to drop somewhere. Let's say Verrett has a real has a decent year. That's going to be at least somewhere around fifteen. If he has a bad kind of a bad year, that twenty one is probably going to be pretty accurate. Steelers twenty fourth versus the wide receiver one. Uh, that was the key target spot against the Steelers all of last year, and that's going to continue to be so good. Strong start for one Devontae Adams, wide receiver two. Who's going to be the wide receiver two? Newly acquired wide receiver, Randall Cobb, until he gets hurt. Okay? So, his schedule, Randall Cobb's schedule. God, it sucks. I love Amari Rodgers, too. He's really going to put him back. So, Amari Rodgers will be probably more of the specialist this year um, on kickoff and punt returns, which that's where Randall Cobb got his start. So, it is what it is everything is everything's like circle it's like a circle so there we go for randall cobb who should flip who who will flip inside and out 
Uh, but when they go three wide, uh, he'll be the primary slot guy. Um, and then I would expect that you would probably see Lazard and MVS splitting time on the outside. Uh, Funchess is fucking gone. Um, that's as good as gone. Oh, they did sign. You know what? Uh, uh, off topic from wide receivers, but uh, Packers did sign offensive tackle Dennis Kelly. Uh, former right tackle started all last season for the Tennessee Titans. So, uh, very good si- uh, signing in there. I haven't updated the um, depth charts yet, but uh, the next time you're going to see depth charts is when I put the draft guide out here. Uh, and that should be coming out soon, not this week, maybe at the end of next week, but I think I'm going to go through the end of next weekend. But um, just so I can dot T's and cross I's with the ADP charts and everything. So um, so here we go, Randall Cobb, 11, 28, 12, and 4. 11 versus the Saints, that's going to drop, or drop in a positive way, I should say, for Randall Cobb. That's going to be around uh, 18-20 in there. Lions at 28, it's fine. Uh, 12 for the 49ers, that's gonna, that number's going to go up uh, positively for Randall Cobb, so that's good there. Steelers at 4, that's going to go up, uh, but nothing better than probably 12 to 15 in there. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Devontae Adams in here. That's going to be a Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones type game. Uh, right there. So the wide receiver plus, this is, you know, Lazard, MVS, uh, maybe Amari Rogers, but I doubt it. So 15th, 19th, 25th, and 2nd. 15th versus Saints. That's probably pretty good. Um, although Randall Cobb will see the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in the slot uh, for that first game. So that could actually be pretty positive for the um, wide receiver plus in that game. Uh, Lions at 19, that's accurate. 25th for the 49ers, that's accurate. Second for the Steelers, that's going to go up. It's going to be positive shift. Probably looking at 15th, somewhere in there. Tight end, so here's Robert Tunyon, who is back to relevancy now that Aaron Rodgers is back. Second, 21st, 11th, and 1st. Second versus the Saints, that is, that's accurate. We do not start our tight ends versus the Saints for right now. Uh, 21st versus the Lions, that's good. Uh, we did like tight ends versus them. 11th versus the 49ers, I said I like their safety, so I would stay away from there. Uh, first for the Steelers, and you're going to be dealing with a lot of like Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds back there. Uh, so Robert Tunyon, not a very good first quarter. Second quarter, this week's five through eight. You got Bengals, Bears, Douche Canoes, and the Cardinals. Douche Canoes, of course, is Washington. So we look at total defense 27th, 8th, 3rd, and 10th. 27th versus the Bengals. It's pretty, it's going to be pretty accurate. Uh, don't see them being any better than, you know, 22nd, 23rd, maybe. You know, they did make some additions. Um, but, uh, they're still going to be relatively about mid range twenties eighth versus the bears. That's going to, uh, get worse for the bears. As far as total defense, their secondary is not very good. The front seven though, uh, still pretty decent. So we'll respect that. Um, not going to be a top 10 defense. It would be a top 15. So I want to say they're going to be somewhere around 12, 13, somewhere in there, maybe. 
but if they get any injuries within that front seven and they just start, you know, giving up points like a sieve, it's going to go way up. Uh, Washington at third overall total defense. Uh, that's going to stay pretty much the same. They only got better when they acquired William Jackson the third, the cornerback from Cincinnati. Cardinals at tenth. Talked about it. I don't. Th- I don't see them falling any worse than twelfth from there. So. Uh, I'm going to give them the respect that they deserve. I think they're a lot stronger than what people are giving them credit for. I've heard a lot of people say that Arizona's defense is going to be beatable in the secondary, and when you really look at it, when you look at the numbers and the players involved in it, they're actually not that bad. So I see them as a top 12. Rush defense, 21st, 4th, 11th, and 14th. So 21st versus the Bengals. Um, that's going to be pretty good. That's pretty accurate. Fourth versus the Bears, I'll give them that. They wouldn't fall probably any worse than eighth. Um, Washington at 11, I think that actually gets a lot stronger, depending upon their defense. Now, they like to they like to blitz a lot and everything, so they can be beat if you're running directly at the, at the blitz there, but I'll give them the 11. I'll give them the 11. I would not. I would not attack that in DFS with a running back. 14th versus the Cardinals. I think that gets a little bit better. They got better linebacker play. It all depends, though, as long as Chandler Jones is still there. Then I think it's a strong... I should mention that, too. Uh, As long as Chandler Jones is made happy, gets a new contract, and he doesn't get traded, that the Cardinals' defense I like a lot. If not, then this is going to start tumbling. So versus the rush, 14 with uh, Chandler Jones. I think that can become top 12. Uh, running backs in the passing game, 24th versus the Bengals. That is good. That is accurate. That is fair. Second versus the Bears. Yeah, it's it's probably still top five. Uh, the outside linebackers will get you before anybody. Uh, first versus the Deuce News. Yeah, we're not touching that same idea. Uh, 30th versus the Cardinals. So you could throw on them uh, to the running back. Um, but is that is that going to get sucked up because you got J.J. Watt in there? So you got Marcus Golden, Marcus Golden, Chandler Jones on the outside, Xavier Collins and Isaiah Simmons on the inside, Charles Washington, Buda Baker, and it's going to get that's going to get a lot better. That's not going to be thirtieth. That's. That's top 20. That's top 20. That's where they're going to make it up, right in there. Right in there. they got a lot of fast fast guys on defense. It's going to be a pretty decent defense. So, All right, so Devontae Adams versus – or no, pass defense. My bad. So Aaron Rodgers benefits here. 27th versus Bengals. Fair. 13th versus Bears. We know Rodgers just – Destroys the Bears, and I have talked about that secondary. So that 13, that is going to slip back into the 20s. That is going to probably, at the very bare minimum, be a uh, low-end 20, uh, 20 to 22, somewhere in there. Second versus Douche Canoes, yep, it only got better. Only got better with that pass rush. Ninth for the Cardinals. This is where... This is where everybody is overlooking them. They don't like uh, Darquez Denard and Malcolm Butler on the outside and Byron Murphy on the inside uh, in the slot corner. They just don't 
like them, and I don't really care much for them either. The thing of it is, is that pass rush is going to be ferocious. So that's kind of a carbon copy of kind of like how Washington was doing it. Only Washington's got the better corners uh, to implore it. But so, I mean, you're not talking anything in the, you're probably, you're not talking anything in the top five, but can they be top 10? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But I would probably say probably 10 to 15 just to be safe. Uh, so Devontae Adams, the wide receiver, won 16th versus the Bengals. They got worse. Uh, second versus the Bears. They got worse. Uh, real bad. Uh, 27th versus Duke News. That's going to dry up. That's the William Jackson the third right there. So that is going to be top 15. So he'll have trouble. This just won't be a big, it won't be a big boom game. Although this could be the contrarian play uh, for that week, for week seven. Uh, using the elite wide receiver against a very tough um, secondary. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, 20th versus the Cardinals. God, I want to say it's top 15. I want to say it's top 15. Malcolm Butler did really well last year, actually, um, as much as I hate to admit it. So I would say I'll say 15. I'll say 15 for that. So that's still going to be a drastic improvement. Uh, Wide receiver two. So here we go. Randall Cobb, six versus the Bengals. Uh, That got worse for the Bengals. Uh, 10th versus the Bears. That got worse for the Bears. He will face off against Duke Shelley in the slot. So that's where he'll take advantage. Uh, Second versus Douche Canoes. Accurate. 23rd at the Cardinals. Uh, This could get a little bit better, but it'll probably barely slip into... Uh, just under 20, so you're probably looking at like 18, 19, somewhere in there. Wide receiver plus. So our tertiary guys, 27th versus Bengals. Yes. Accurate, 32nd versus Bears. This is the Duke Shelley spot right here. This is 32. Um, I can just tell you that right off the gate. So uh, third versus Duke News. Yep, we want to touch it there. 10th versus Cardinals. That's going to be pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. So now we get to Robert Tunyon. So versus tight end, 12th versus the Bengals. That really dried up. That started out really good using the tight end against the Bengals, and then it just all of a sudden it, it disappeared uh, right about midseason, and it became not viable at all. And it was really kind of funny because I still saw people using fucking tight ends versus the Bengals, and I'm like, I Why? Why? And that's the thing. You keep following these numbers and you keep watching them as they change. You get used to it. You get used to looking at it, uh, especially with the DFS spreadsheet, and you get to watch the numbers as they go up and down um, for the whole year. And it's, I mean, it's right there in front of you. It's easy to read and everything. And that's where we just started really taking fucking advantage. That That could have been the best thing that I ever did was adding that to that spreadsheet. But... Uh, tight end 19th versus the Bears. That actually became very available because uh, their safety play sucks a bag of dicks. So uh, Douche Canoes at 17. We'd have to probably revisit that. Um, actually, while we're at it, well, while we're here, we might as well just fucking look at it. Washington. 
Landon Collins. Yeah, because Landon Collins can't cover a fucking... God damn it. He can't cover a fucking boat, even if he had like a 30-foot fucking tarp. So... Yeah, it's probably pretty much the same because it's the same two guys. It's the same two guys. Cameron Curl is a free safety. Landon Collins would be the guy who would primarily be covering him. Um, outside of maybe Jimmy Moreland coming out of the slot and covering him, but even that's even fucking worse. So, yeah, it's probably pretty accurate. 17 and then 15 versus the Cardinals. So it was about a mid range. Uh, you'd probably be looking for a touchdown there. So it's not a terrible. It's not a terrible second quarter. It's not the greatest, but it's not a terrible second quarter. So, all righty. We're moving on to the third quarter this week, 9 through 12. We got at Chiefs versus Seahawks, at Vikings versus Rams. Total defense, 22nd for the Chiefs. That's going to be about right. Uh, they didn't really make any major improvements. Again, we've talked about it. Just weak inside linebacker, weak linebacker play because they – like to run the diamond nickel. Uh, they even run the quarter zones and stuff. So um, they really just try to take away the passing game and they just kind of leave it open for the running back all day, every day. So uh, Seahawks, six in total defense. That is going to be a question mark. Um, and I haven't done them yet. Because they still have Bobby Wagner, but I have not seen K.J. Wright being brought back yet. Bruce Irvin, we know he's had his issues, so they're not going to re-sign him. But... So you don't have K.J. Wright in there um, with Bobby Wagner. That's what was really protecting Jamal Adams back there and allowing him to run around and and blitz. So what they have now in their linebacking core is Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, you know, the stable Bobby Wagner right in the middle, and then Cody Barton on the other side. So um, they got weaker in that linebacking core. They've done a lot. They've done a lot, but they're weak in that linebacking core, and they're weak right where Trey Flowers is. So that's the guy that they need to attack, although they brought in Akella Willerspoon from San Francisco. But if you're elite, you can beat Akella Willerspoon. So, all right. 18th for the Vikings. I've talked about this. They should be a top-10 defense. I really, really think that's the defense to have. Um, Fourth uh, for the Rams. I've said that. Uh, they should still be top five overall. Uh, they did they did get a weak spot in the slot with the loss of cornerback Troy Hill, but and they also lost um, Johnson, John Johnson to the uh, Cleveland Cleveland Browns. So I mean they're technically they're a little bit weaker, but it's a good system. It's a good defense. We'll have to see. Well, let's see what the new coordinator is because their coordinator left after what one fucking year and went to the chargers so it is what it is but rush defense chiefs 31st all day every day 10th versus seahawks i said it they do have some weaknesses at linebacker you will be able to run a little bit on them so that 10th is probably going to slip back to about 15 because bobby wagner can't do it himself uh vikings 30th that's going to get increasingly harder um, they are very tough against uh, in the defensive line 
and at the linebacker position. So that is where they're going to make up a lot of space, and that's going to end up that's going to end up about ten, twelve, right in there. Guarantee fucking to you, as long as they do not suffer major injuries right in there, that is a top ten, top twelve unit right there. Rams at three. Aaron Donald, what are you going to do? So, running backs in the passing game. So, we got 31st, 19, 3, and 7. 31st versus the Chiefs. All day, every day. All day, every day. Seahawks, 19th. Yes, you will be able to pass uh, to the running back against them. So, that's a good number. Vikings at 3. It's going to stay stable. It's going to stay down there. Rams at 7. Yeah, you don't. You just. <laughs> Don't start any of your fucking players against the Rams unless you absolutely have to. I mean, if they're studs, you do it. But, and like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers against this team would still get it done, but it is what it is. Um, so, well, let's look at Aaron Rodgers here right now. 16, 7, 14, and 4. 16th versus Chiefs. It's about accurate. He'll, they'll have a pretty decent day against him or against them. Seventh versus Seahawks, I think that gets a little bit weaker. That's going to go back to about 12 uh, at the very least. Uh, 14th for the Vikings, uh, that's going to get better. But even if that stays stable and that rush comes all the way down like I said it does, then that 14, that's going to be perfectly fine. You're going to have a top 10, top 12 defense. Uh, Rams at four. Uh, they'll be a little bit weaker, but they'll still be within the top ten. So it's not somebody that you, it's not a team that you're really going to want to start any of your quarterbacks against, um, unless it's the high end runners, you know, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, something like that. So Devontae Adams, wide receiver one, ninth, first, twenty eighth, and thirteenth. Ninth versus the Chiefs. Yes, they have had success against teams number ones. Uh, Devontae Adams is an elite, though. Uh, elites can get it done from time to time. Probably this would be another one of those type of like contrarian DFS type plays right there uh, against the Chiefs. First versus the Seahawks. Uh, the, he'll be able to get it done against either Witherspoon or against Flowers on the outside, so not too worried about that. Um, that's also going to drop. That's going to come out of the top 10. That's going to be about 15. I, I don't care. I don't care. That's a 15th. That's a 15. Uh, 28th versus Vikings. That's going to get in, uh, incredibly better. You're going to see that get into the top 15 in there, either with Dancer or with Peterson. So either one, it should be good there. 13th with the Rams. Uh, he can have his way with Jalen Ramsey every once in a while, but not really somebody that I would want to start him against. I mean, you start him in seasonal, but not... Uh, not in DFS. So wide receiver two. Here's Randall Cobb. 13th versus the Chiefs. It's pretty accurate. Uh, 17th versus the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, he can get it done on the outside and on the inside there. So that should be pretty accurate. Ninth versus the Vikings. Yeah, that's about right. Um, first versus the Rams. Yep. Yep. Not going to change it. Not going to change it. Wide receiver plus here, we got 7, 23, 22, and 14. So 7 versus the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, you don't really want to mess with them on the inside like that. Uh, slot corner and your safeties are going to hammer the shit out of that inside. Uh, Seahawks, 23rd. 
wide receiver plus. Uh, yeah, it's Ugo Amadi. Ugo Amadi, yeah, you can attack Ugo Amadi in there. That's going to be good for Randall Cobb, too. So 23rd, that's about right. 22nd versus the Vikings. That's going to get better. That's going to be about 15 to 18 at least. 14 versus the Rams. So wide receiver plus on the inside. This uh, this helps uh, Randall Cobb in the slot too. So 14th, that's going to get a little bit worse. Probably looking at about 20th in there. If they drop anywhere, it's right there in that fucking slot position. All right, so Robert Tunyon, last one here. Uh, 14, 3, 6, and 10. Uh, really had to push pull back on the whole tight ends versus Chiefs narrative. Safeties were getting it done. They were getting behind the linebackers, though, uh, if you actually watch the game. Um, but those safeties were closing really fucking quick. So third versus Seahawks, said it, just don't even fuck with it. Uh, six versus Vikings, again, don't fuck with it. Don't fuck with it. Uh, tenth versus the Rams, uh, that's about right. Um, still don't really care much for it. I don't care much for it. So I don't attack the Rams with uh, tight ends at all. And this is kind of one of the reasons why I stayed away from Robbie Tunyon was I looked at this schedule um, right in here and just kind of made a determination on whether or not the team actually had gotten good or had gotten better or had gotten worse at certain positions. That's kind of what we're doing here, you know, just kind of trying to beat it in our heads, you know, which teams that we really want to attack and which ones we not. Because if you have it in the back of your mind that of who to attack and who not to, you know, it's it's like mathematics. You just keep beating it and beating it. It's kind of like masturbating. If you just keep beating it and beating it and beating it. Um, it's kind of like mathematics. If you just keep repeating. Um, how do I want to say this? If you keep doing the same problem. If you keep doing the same problem over and over. Like I used to do. In college, I used to, t- I used to take my calculus paperwork and. I would do what was asked of us, right? And then I would do that once, go back, go do it again, and then if I and just to make sure I had it memorized. And if not, go back again. Fucking do it. Keep it in your head on how to do the problem, right? That's what we're doing. We're trying to figure out the problem and get the solution. The solution is what players to get it on your team, who to look out for, who makes more sense because they have a, a better schedule. Just when you look at the numbers, uh, when you put the thought process into whether or not the opponent had gotten better or worse versus a certain area. I mean, you can pick whoever you want, right? So, I mean... J- I, I was going to talk about this earlier, but now that we're kind of in the middle of it. So it's kind of like when you look at the quarterback. So you have you're, – and you're trying to determine, let's just say Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott since they're right next to each other, right? A QB4 and a QB5, uh, 49th overall pick versus the 51 overall pick, right? So you are you like both players, right? So you're looking at Lamar Jackson and you're looking at Dak Prescott. Who do I want? You know, and you can, you absolutely need to look at their offenses that they're running, 
and kind of keeping it in the back of your head. Well, I looked at, and this is this is a lot easier when you're doing in-person drafts when you don't really have um, a running clock going on you. Um, you look at Lamar Jackson's kind of his schedule, and you just kind of make a determination. Well, he's got this guy. He's got this team. They're better. They're worse versus you know running quarterbacks. You know their past defenses lacked here and all that. Da, 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 da. And then you do it with Dak Prescott, and you're like, "Well, I like the matches up here. I like the matches matchups here. He's in a he's in a lot more prolific offense than say Lamar Jackson, and he has um better opponents. Got just a better overall opponent schedule. I'm more comfortable." with Dak Prescott than I am with Lamar Jackson at this point. That's kind of how you make your, that's, that's how you use it to make your determination. But a lot of times you're already going to have that. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have the player that you want in your head and that's fine. Take the player that you want. I mean, they're going at certain spots in the draft for a reason, you know, it's either everybody really likes them or, you know, or people are more willing to wait on them because they just don't think that the output's all going to be there. So I hope I didn't confuse the shit out of everybody. Sometimes I can, sometimes when I talk about this shit, I confuse the shit out of myself. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Don't just use strength of schedule as your only determining factor of taking a, a taking a player use it more as a balancing act between you know selecting one or two players or even one two or three right if you have uh the one tier we talked i talked in the last podcast about uh uh there's or no the detroit lions one um there was like two or three running backs that i liked ahead of deandre swift right because i looked at swift's record or um schedule and i was just like how the fuck are they going to get this done? I know what they want to do. They want to run the fucking ball, right? But you look at that, and then you kind of look at the teams that they're playing, it's like, man, they're going to get fucking shellacked. How is he going to get... How is he going to produce against some of these defenses? Especially the ones... I mean, he just got... He has a murderer's role of fucking really good rush defenses. Really good defenses against running backs in the passing game, too. That's a bigger concern. So I, I implore you, if you have the capacity to have the preseason strength of schedule chart at your draft, you know, you, you have your laptop there, um, put it up there. Just put it up there and just kind of take a look. You just look at the schedule. It's only going to take you a couple minutes. It's only going to take you about a minute to determine if if you like it or not. But it is what it is. Let's get to this fourth quarter so we can get to the uh, final stages here and then get out. Uh, so we have a bye week in week 13, and then we have the last five games of the year, which is going to be our fourth quarter. Total defense, uh, we're looking at Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings, and Lions. Oh, my Oh my. That is not a good end of the season schedule, really. And I'm not even talking about the fucking Bears. I'm talking about Ravens. Ravens, you know, eh. 
like I said, they're going to fall back a little bit, but they're still going to be probably top 10 or 12. But Ravens, Browns, Browns, who should be improved just as much as the Vikings in Week 17. So that's a really, really tough stretch there. Uh, so total defense, 8, 9, 25, 18, and 32. We talked about the Bears at 8, regress a little bit. Uh, mostly do the secondary. Ravens at 9, I said it would be about 12. Uh, Browns, 25th, that's going to come up. That's at least a 15, 15 overall defense, if not sneaking into the top 10. It all depends on how those parts are. They have a lot of good parts, and they are fucking deep. So that can easily be a top 10. Uh, That could be a defense one, definitely. It's somebody that you can draft. The Vikings have talked about it could be top. It should be top ten, uh, so they'll come down from that eighteen. Lions at thirty-two. That's about the best. So if you got the championship week, right there. All right. So rush defenses four for the Bears. Yes, twelve for the Ravens. Yes, nineteen for the Browns. It's going to get better. It's going to be top fifteen. Thirtieth uh, for the Vikings. We talked about that. That's going to be their bread and butter. Is that front seven? So. Um, that's going to be top 15, if not up near the top 10. Lions at 27, yeah, that's accurate. Running backs in the passing game, second versus the Bears. Whew. Pardon me. 21st versus the Ravens uh, has been a weakness for them. Uh, 23rd versus the Browns are going to get a lot better in that. That should be within the 15-20 range in there. Uh, Vikings at three, that's going to be stable, and 32 for the Lions. So that's their that's their best spot is week 18. Pass rushes, 13, 10, 25, 14, and 32. So 13 for the Bears, that's going to regress. It's going to be right about, it's going to be in the 20, it's going to be a low 20 at the very least. 10th for the Ravens is about accurate. Could slip back into 15, but still not somebody that you would attack. Uh, 25th versus the Browns. This should be a big, big leap. This should be a leap uh, up into the top 12, uh, just with how many pieces they threw together in that one. Uh, it's just whether or not it all sticks. 14 for the Vikings. I said I would take a 14 on that because that rush defense is going to get a lot better. Um, And what do we got here? 32nd for the Lions. Yep, that's accurate. So, versus the wide receiver, one, two, three, four, 28, and 30. Two for the Bears. That's going to get a lot better. That's going to get a lot better. That is that is, that is going to be at least top. Uh, that's going to be uh, 15 at the very least. Uh, third versus the Ravens, still really tough, but um, Devontae Adams can get it done. Fourth versus the Browns. <sighs> I'm not playing. I, I'm not I worry against Denzel Ward. He's still got a couple more years before he starts uh, kind of showing his age. 28th versus the Vikings. That's going to get a lot worse, but uh, Adams has gotten it done historically versus the Vikings. Uh, 30th versus the Lions. Yeah, that's good to go. So, Randall Cobb, 10, 16, 18, 9, and 28. 10th versus the Bears. It's going to get better for Cobb. 16th versus the Ravens. That's going to get a little. Uh, it's going to be about accurate for for him. 18th versus the Browns. That should get up into the top 15. Ninth uh, for the Vikings. That's pretty accurate. Uh, 28th for the Lions. That is accurate and fair. Wide receiver plus. So the tertiaries. 32, 5, 30, 22, and 19. 
So 32 for the Bears. We gotta understand. We gotta remember that part of this will affect Randall Cobb, um, because it's primarily in the slot. So 32 for the Bears. Yep, that's that's gonna be pretty good. That's why that 10 is gonna come up for Randall Cobb. Five versus the Ravens. That's pretty good. Uh, 30th versus Brown. That's gonna come down. That's gonna be top 15, top 12. 22 for the Vikings. Probably about the best spot to attack them, but it's probably still 15. Uh, 19 for the Lions. That's going to slip up into the 20s. That's going to regress really bad. Robert Tunyon. Here's the last one here. 19, 22, 28, 6, and 21. 19 versus the Bears. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, 22nd versus the Ravens. Ravens have not been good against tight ends in recent couple of years, so that's pretty good. 28th for the Browns. They should get better here, uh, but at the very least, they should get up uh, just under the top 20. Vikings at 6. That's pretty accurate. 21st versus the Lions. Yeah, that's good. So let's look at our strength of schedule based on um, the categories, and we'll go full season halves and quarters. And we're going to start with total defense. Now, remember, the strength of schedule based on opponent's record is fourth hardest. All right? So you split it up. You have to split it up. Total defense, full season six by halves, second and 13. Oof. And by quarter, 10, 7, 5, and 23. So fourth quarter is the weakest part of the schedule. Uh, But we have seen that that's actually not true. That's actually going to get a lot stronger. Versus the rush, full season ninth, hardest schedule on the board. Uh, first and second half, 1 and 24, so the back half is a lot easier. That's actually pretty true. Um, it's about the middle of the seasons where you really want to have them. Uh, let's see here. By quarter, 4, 6, 21, and 23. 23 will regress just a little bit. Um, probably looking at a 15 in there. So that's your Aaron Jones right there. Oh, running backs in the passing game while we're here. 16th. That's a lot better uh, for the full season. 20 and 13 for the halves by quarter. 25, 11, 13, and 12. It's pretty fair to Midland. So it's about right in the middle for the year. All right, versus the pass. So here's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Fourth hardest schedule. Uh, for the full season by halves, third and tenth, and then by quarters, ten, not, or, uh, nine, eight, two, and twenty-three. Well, we've talked about that. that this is going to get a little bit easier because of all the changes in there. So Aaron Rodgers, not bad, not bad. Devontae Adams' schedule is the eleventh hardest schedule on the board, according to Football Outsiders and their DVOA data. Uh, 11th hardest schedule for the full season by halves. 28th hardest schedule in the first half. 5th in the second. By quarter, 29, 15, 5, and 7. When I made that decision between Calvin Ridley and Devontae Adams, this is exactly what I was looking at. And it got way harder in the back end. He is elite. He is elite. He is now going to be end up being the number one wide receiver on the board, but just be careful with it, okay? Just be careful. 
I mean, you, you set it and forget it with him, but make sure make sure your second your second and your possible third wide receivers are really strong. So, wide receiver two. Here's your Randall Cobb. It was really Devonte Adams or Randall Cobb at wide receiver, but even Randall Cobb, I don't know if I can draft him. Uh, to be honest with you, but full season hardest schedule on the board uh, by halves, fourth and six, and then by quarter eleven, three, four, and fifteen. So it's pretty tough. But remember, some of this wide receiver plus is actually going to fill into there, okay? Because he does play in the slot a lot. So with the wide receiver plus, twenty fourth hardest schedule on the board. It's a lot easier, right? By halves, 16 and 29, we did prove that that was going to be a lot easier. And by quarter, 10th, 21st, 16, and 31. So in reality, Real Cobb, double-digit rounds, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Robert Tunyon's schedule, okay, full season, third hardest schedule on the board. By halves, second and eighth hardest. By quarter, 2nd, 16th, 1st, and 21st. It's a hard schedule for Tunyon. It's a very hard schedule. That's why I don't know if I can take him where everybody wants me to take him. So we're going to look at the ADP here real quick. I'm going to try and get uh, some of this shit closed. Real quick. All right, here we go. So, ADP. We're going to start a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is right now, right now as of last weekend, right? Uh, QB9. ADP overall, 86. That has fall- that had fallen um, after a th- about a three-week rise, Okay. That's going to rise back up. So he's going to be up by Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. He's going to be up in there. Okay, so he's going to move up about one or two rounds. So just be aware of that. Running backs, Aaron Jones, RB12, pick 17 overall. So he's fallen. He's fallen back from uh, he made it all the way up to 14. So he's right on that one-two turn. He was pretty steady. Yeah, he was pretty steady about mid-range. In there, he'll get bumped up. He'll get bumped up back up to about probably that 14, uh, 15 range. Uh, A.J. Dillon is also a guy that you can look for. He is going to be a handcuff, and he's going to be used pretty well in this offense. So A.J. Dillon goes off as an RB40. So he's an RB4, but you can get probably RB low-end RB2, high-end RB3 numbers out of him. Pick 109, so he's going in the 10th round. Wide receivers, Devontae Adams, as of last weekend, was wide receiver 3, pick 13 overall. I guarantee you he's going to be number 1 when I do the ADP this weekend. He will probably beat out Tyreek Hill at the 8-9. Um... There's two things. There's two there's two things that are going to be at play here. And I kept forgetting to talk about the Cam Akers injury. Um, 
So Cam Akers injury, what that does is that is going to drive up more running backs up the boards, right? With Aaron Rodgers coming back, that's not only going to drive up Aaron Jones, but that's going to drive up Devonta, a guy like Devontae Adams. So um, it's that should suppress some of these guys. Um, but you have a really big question with Saquon Barkley right now about whether or not he's going to be ready for the beginning of the season. Um, so that's going to drive him down. Um, I still haven't seen Elvin Kamara get dropped down at all. Um, it's going to be kind of curious once, you know, the full, like a, another full week of Michael Thomas being out, seeing what happens there. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, running backs are at a high premium, but Devonta Adams is definitely going to go in the first round now. So that 13 is no good. Uh, Randall Cobb, I don't know if Randall Cobb was on here. Oh, he was. Uh, he he was wide receiver 140, uh, pick 432. Uh, so we'll have to see where he's going. You know, a lot of these Packer wide receivers, I really shouldn't give you any of the numbers. Um, outside of just telling you, just so you can see where they go next weekend. But you got like MVS as wide receiver, eighty four, pick two thirty nine. So he'll drop. Amari Rogers at pick eighty one, two thirty three overall. He'll drop. Alan Lazard pick seventy seven, or wide receiver seventy seven, two oh eight overall. So they're gonna really drop down. Um, you'll see Randall Cobb probably fit in that. Wide receiver. For next week, he'll probably end up at wide receiver as a wide receiver four. Probably wide receiver four. I think he's going to get into double-digit rounds, and that's where he'll be at. So, uh, Robert Tunyon at tight end. We'll just kind of finish this one off here. Uh, going off as tight end 11. Pick 119, so right at the end of the 10th round. So you're going to see probably Tunyon and Randall Cobb go somewhere right about in the same spot with A.J. Dillon. So. Uh, but that is it. That is Green Bay Packers. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you didn't enjoy it, you probably celebrate. Uh, you probably celebrate your virginity because you're a fucking Bears fan or even worse, maybe a Detroit Lions fan. Oof. Oof. But that's it. That's it. That's it for today. Uh, next episode will be the Houston Texans. So we'll get to talk about go from one quarterback to another, you know, with the drama mama offseason. But until then, I'm D-Roy. Find me at RoyDog underscore 13, wherever books are sold. I don't know why I said that. Fuck it. I'm tired. I'm out.